Let's get it. Welcome to the Hampton Sports Podcast. I am your host, Shaq Hampton. This is my co-host, Cooper Neal. What's up, what's up, Coop? How you doing, my guy? Surviving and thriving. It's good to be back. Man, it is good to have you back. We are some sore MFers after hooping <laughs> yesterday. We are washed. I'm not calling anybody washed for the rest of my life because of how I feel today, one day after hooping. But anyways. Yeah, ACL surgery scheduled for tomorrow for me. <laughs> oh, God. We have so very much to get into, including the Heat tying the NBA Finals at one apiece. We're also going to touch on John ja Morant's all-star teammate reacting to his recent news. It's this Memphis Grizzlies' first time speaking publicly about the incident. We'll let you know what Jaron Jackson had to say about his all-NBA point guard. But first, a new twist has emerged in the LeBron James-Kyrie Irving reunion. As league sources have told Bleacher Report, Irving wants the Dallas Mavericks to explore trading for LeBron James this offseason to create a big three with him, Luka, and Bron. The Mavericks were preparing to make an offer for James last season when they saw the Russell Westbrook mess. They were putting pieces together to make a trade for that. Obviously, it did not happen after Rob Polinka made the trades he did at the deadline. Any chance of forming this big three under the NBA strict new CBA will be extremely difficult because we all know you. it's basically impossible to have three max guys on one team. Yeah. In order for Irving and James to partner with Doncic, the two would have to take a sizable pay cut, which Kyrie will most likely not do. And on top of that, LeBron's going to have to agree to a buyout, which also will likely not happen. Coop, what was your reaction to all this? I'm going to get chat up on screen. Y'all make sure to leave a like as you watch. I mean, if having two ball-dominant point guards on your team wasn't enough, let's go get a ball-dominant small <laughs> forward who can't play basketball that well anymore. <laughs> That's a great, great idea. Saying LeBron mean, can't play basketball. All right, let me back up a little bit. <laughs> Having three ball dominant guys that have to have the ball in their hand to succeed is not a good completely makes philosophy. Sense. Um, and I'm gonna be honest, I, I love LeBron. Basketball game. <laughs> mm -hmm. I almost caught myself contradicting everything I've ever said in my life. He's a great basketball player. He is older. Is it really worth it to just? have LeBron, Luka, and Kyrie on a team. Is that really winning you a championship? Mm -hmm. I don't think it is. I mean, it could. I won't say it won't. Like, it could. But, like, that seems more like a 2K team as opposed to an actual NBA roster because you're going to be filling the team with veteran minimums because you're going to have to go get Udonis Haslam to come to the team for $0. You're going to have to get uh, Carmelo to come out of retirement. You're literally – you're not going to be able to pay people. Right. That's significant money into three players, and I just – it won't work. <laughs> Now, That's three ball dominant guys. I completely agree. I'm just trying to. I'm looking why this why this thumbnail is messing up. This is not ideal. I, I don't understand. Um, is it? Yeah. Let me let is me it not look. Up? Yeah. Let me look here on uh, studio. See what the thumb is. Unfortunately, sorry about this, y'all. Oh, it says it on here. Go it to, might just be the live thing. Yeah. Go to your YouTube. It's always the live YouTube. thing. It's like kind of random. There it is. That's all right, there. perfect. All right, good. Mine That's was there. just my mind just messing up. All right, good. Let me make sure we're not lagging. I think we're all right. I think we're all right. Any anybody in chat saying anything? I'm not seeing anything about lag, so I think we're good. For those of y'all that don't know, Jack got new uh, software for us. So. Yeah, we got new equipment, so y'all just be patient with me. Uh, but yeah, my reaction was the same as yours. Makes no sense on paper. It makes no sense in the real world at all. Uh, a report just came out before we went live, and the thing was. Uh, the Lakers are no longer interested in Kyrie because you and I have a history on this podcast talking about Kyrie in order to go to L.A. Yes, everyone wants a reunion to happen, but he's going to have to take an $80 million pay cut. Dallas is in control. They're in the driver's seat right now because they can pay him more than any other team in the NBA. I, I can't remember the figure straight off dome, but I know it's an $80 million difference between playing in Dallas or playing somewhere else. Yes, Dallas may not be completely ideal. That roster around Luka and Kyrie makes no sense, and you and I obviously um, do not like two ball-dominant guys on the same team. It just doesn't make sense defensively or offensively. Uh, Dallas's ceiling, I think, is a first-round playoff team. We saw what they were. They weren't even a play-in team now. I just don't understand what Kyrie thinks he's doing because – 
Number one, there's no pieces to trade for LeBron. And number two, all three of those guys are not ta- taking a pay cut. No. Luka Doncic is in the middle of his prime. Kyrie Irving is still in his prime. And LeBron is entering the final playing year. So he's going to squeeze everything he can monetarily out of that. And I don't blame him one bit. No. Whenever this came across my phone, it literally made no sense. But, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's Kyrie Irving. He's, he's pulling everything he can. But you know my feelings towards this. If Kyrie wants the money mm-hmm. and you're Dallas – Right. You pay him the money, do you keep him or you trade him? Um, like, do you pay him what he wants and then get rid of him to kind of juice it? I, I <laughs> think, like, of course, Mark Cuban has, like, Dallas' number one priority, they have said. Like, Mark Cuban's came out and said their number one priority is re-signing and retaining him. Yeah. So I'm just going to roll with that. Um, there what are, would you do? This, this mistake dates back to... Jalen Brunson last offseason. Oh, yeah. You should have Jalen Brunson for the cheap. Jalen Brunson was willing to sign a $58 million contract. Now he's making 110 in New York, and he looks underpaid. Yeah. You had him in the bag. You could not have done it. So you make the trade at the deadline. That was a mistake, and now you're in this bind because you lost all those assets that you could have traded. Now you have to sign Kyrie. I mean, I won't even lie. I think it goes back even further than that. I think Chris Davs. Yeah, I would have taken Chris Davs. He was awesome this year. I know nobody watched him play a game because he was in Washington. He had a good like, year, bro. He had a great season. Yeah. And you're sitting there in your Dallas, and you're like, Luka has Josh Green, Maxi Kleba, and Dwight Powell, and he could have had yeah. <laughs> Jalen Brunson and uh, Chris Davs Porzingis on this team still. Like, it's Absolutely. just they've had one – I mean, I feel like a disaster after another disaster for that organization right now i completely agree bro uh you want to get into these nba finals because I-, I think there's nothing here to talk about by the way streams running fantastic with the new equipment thank you all for the uh for the patience to start off with I- i'm happy with my new equipment but it is what it is let's get into the nba finals bro he took game two last night he have they did. one had game two tied the series going back to the mia and nba.com came out with five takeaways from this game the first one being it's the assists, not the points talking about nikola jokic uh, we he went off for forty one last night, only four assists for the Joker, and he took twenty eight shots, which was thirteen more than his closest teammate in Jamal Murray. Jokic taking all these shots now that in games that he scored forty or more these playoffs they're zero and three. It's an insane stat to say, but I'll I'll get into Eric Spoelstra's reaction post game about that. But what was your reaction uh, seeing how Miami chose to defend Nikola Jokic? Well, I was gonna give people if they wanted to be box score watchers, I was gonna give them a technique to use. Um, Talk and, to me. Um, I don't think they show it in like the ESPN box scores, but like I know for a fact in two K that you can. There's a thing that says PF, mm-hmm. and it says points responsible for, and. If you go to Jokic's, and I didn't even do it, like, I didn't even crunch the numbers with, like, threes involved. And I know he passes out to threes, but he had 14 assists in game one. And he had, I think, like, 28 points or something like that. So, basically, he's responsible for 50 to 60 points in that game. Probably more than that because if you put in threes and stuff like that. In this game, he was literally responsible for 48. And that's the max. Lord. And it's one of those things that you see. That's that's only, like, a 20-point difference. But when the ball is moving and he's – playmaking yeah they're a more dangerous team because if if i'm being completely honest miami to defend him the best way to defend him you don't Mm -hmm. you let him score because when he gets rolling and everybody else comes with him bro it's dangerous he is so surgical when you run a double at him he immediately knows whose man it is and whose wide ass open for a three and i think miami i don't know how many doubles i don't have the data on it but Leaving him in one-on-one situations against Bam Adebayo, yes, he's going to bust Bam's ass and go for a 40-piece, but two is less than three. Especially when Kentavious Caldwell-Pope cannot hit the side of a barn last night and is fouling three-point shooter after three-point shooter. KCP had an abysmal game, but Jokic taking 28 shots is something I haven't seen in a long, long time. Yeah, and on the KCP thing, shout-out to Christian Brown. Yeah. Um, He looked awesome. Yeah, he did. I mean, for a rookie to play that well in a finals. It's crazy. Is impressive, but yeah, no, I, I think they defended him pr- arguably the best way you can defend him, and that's literally by not defending him. I would have put Kevin Love on him. Yeah, let Bam give me be somewhere else. I would have put way, Kevin Love on him. Starting K Love was massive. Oh, it was, starting K Love was uh, massive. I can't wait to see Cody Zeller not playing this finals ever again. Because my word, God, if you I, could put me in the finals, and I'd probably be just as good as Cody. Zeller. And a thing that no one's talking about. Tyler Hero's been targeting Game oh, Three, no. bro. First game oh, back no. in Miami. If Tyler Hero can come off. 
uh, even the bench and give you just something, I think that will go a very long way, especially with what Duncan Robinson did in this game too. Dude, Duncan Robinson, for the casual NBA fan like me, I did not know that Duncan Robinson had become more than just a spot-up three-point shooter. Like, mm-hmm. he he was going off dribble. He was driving. He was cutting. I was like, what am I watching right now? Like, like he, has, he has actually, like, developed. And, like, I mean, he was sitting on the bench right. because he didn't do anything else but sit there and catch and shoot threes. And he caught on to that, and now he's literally busting his butt to get back in the rotation, playing meaningful playoff minutes, and he's literally doing all the little things. That $80 million contract looked like the worst contract in the yeah. entire NBA earlier this season. Now, I mean, it looks like he's he's justifiably paid. Yeah. Like, t- speaking of Duncan Robinson, let's talk about this Miami fourth quarter. Uh, Butler did not enter the fourth until eight minutes remaining, and by then the Heat were up. 92 to 87. Yeah. They were down by eight entering the fourth. They yeah. were down by eight, and then Butler comes in at the eight minute mark, and they're up by five. So a 13 point swing without your best player is insane. And you may ask, where did that come from? Obviously, we talked at length about Duncan Robinson. Gabe Vincent was another hero last night. Um, he, he's, I believe he hit four or five threes. You can check me on that. But Miami's defense was solid throughout that period. But that little four minute stretch to start the fourth, 13 point swing, massive. So, fun fact. The Heat had 36 points on 19 possessions in the fourth quarter. Jesus. A rate of 189.5 points per 100 possessions. It's crazy. crazy. That would be the most efficient fourth quarter for any team in a game this season. Tenth most efficient quarter all time. And I'll get into this later, but Butler wasn't great. It's just timely. Oh. When he got in, it was eight points in the fourth quarter, timely as baskets. He just he's such a throwback player because when you watch him dribble, just something as simple as this. I'm I'm not saying he's a he's a bad ball handler, but he just looks like old school with it. And he just gets to his spots. He's he uh he dissects the defense and takes shots when he needs to and doesn't jack up. He doesn't have to take, you know, thirty five shots to get yeah. an efficient. I won't lie, that three in the corner was filthy. God. Like, when you get the swish, that's just like you can't hear it on the just Like, wet. you can hear it. Mm-hmm. Those are the most filthy things. And a dude was sitting right in front of him. So, right. I was like, dude, that's just unfair. He had – Jimmy had – this was another takeaway from NBA.com. Jimmy had 13 in game one, 21 last night. The optimist side of Miami is like, this series is tied. And, and Jimmy has a total of 34 points. Jimmy has a total of 34 points in two games. What happens when JB goes for 40 or JB goes for 35? Yeah. It's going to be – it's be really G's. leaning towards Miami right now. Um, one more thing about Nikola Jokic. I did say he's 0-3 when he scores 40 or more points. But he dropped 43 in the first round, and that was their only loss against Minnesota. He dropped 53 against the Phoenix Suns. And they lost. And they lost <laughs> – and now last night. So I think that's another thing to put uh, on the Jokic show of last night. And, by the way, another stat for Denver. They were 8-0 and this postseason in the oh, mile high, wow. and, and now this was their first loss. Also, this is like Miami's – like Miami in general, like regular season, postseason. This is Miami's first win in Denver since Goran Dragic, Hassan Whiteside. 2016. Uh, I, I can't tell you the other people because I, I Luke Babbitt or something like yeah. that. I was like, who in the hell are these basketball players? I was listening to Grant Hill like on their postgame show on NBA TV, and he was saying, this is really interesting for the Nuggets right here. You look at Miami, they, had to, they lost their first play-in game to the Atlanta Hawks. They were down against the Chicago Bulls. They ended up winning that play-in game. Then they go to Milwaukee. They have to win there, beat the number one seed. Then they go up to New York. Jimmy Butler gets hurt. They face adversity there and get through it. Then they're up 3 nothing against the Boston Celtics. Somehow get pushed to 7. Backs against the wall. Nobody's ever blown that. And they have one game in Boston. And they win it. Yeah. Now Denver, losing for the first time on their home floor, have had zero adversity through these playoffs. How the hell do they respond to it? We know how Miami will respond to it. How does Denver respond? I mean... I feel like for Denver, we saw them lose two in that Phoenix series, right. and it was it obviously it was on the road, so a little different scenario. But like you saw them lose, and then you saw them immediately start curb stopping again. Exactly. Uh, but they had the luxury of going back home. Mm-hmm. They still had the they still could have had home court advantage because it's the best two out of three when you're two two, um, and you get two of the home games, and you hadn't lost. So I mean, they had the luxury. Granted, they won in six, but I feel like we can't count them out yet because mm-hmm. obviously they've been they're here. They swept the Lakers. They did what they had to do against Phoenix. Like, they've done everything they needed to do 
throughout the regular season and up to this point. So I fully believe they will bounce back, and I think we're going to come back to Denver in game five with probably a 2-2 series. Yeah. Um, but Denver's more than capable of going to Miami and winning too. Like, they're more than capable of I winning I think they are they have the talent to do so. I'm banking with you, though. I think it's a 1-1 split in Miami. And, look, all you and I asked for was a series I as know. basketball Thank fans. You, I didn't want it to be a quick series. With this game to win, I think it would be a split in Miami. I truly believe that. Let's go to chat and shout out some of our friends there. Priscilla, Queso, Cannon, JD, uh, Jay Racer. Bucks Nation. Good to see some familiar faces in here. Y'all make sure to leave a like on stream. And let's get into this next topic. I teased the Eric Spolster comments. Let's talk about it right now. You know Ramona Shelburne with ESPN. Mm -hmm. She was forming a question last night basically around saying, was there a blueprint for stopping Jokic, uh, hinging on Miami, turning him into a scorer rather than a distributor? And Spolster kind of cut her off and said, that's ridiculous. It's the untrained eye that says something like that. This guy is an incredible player. Twice in two seasons, he's, he's been the best player on the t- planet. Make him a scorer. That's not how we play. I think him kind of getting so defensive. <laughs> that man got so defensive Getting about so it. defensive about it. Yes. Obviously, I'm not going to say we have a trained eye as Eric Spolster, as any NBA no, player. he's incredible. But I think strategizing and to not doubling him on every touch – it's kind of turning him into a score. I don't know why the hell he got so defensive. Maybe because that's her game plan or whatever. I, I don't get it. But Ramona Shelburne getting cut through it like that is yeah, crazy. She got waxed. Yeah. I don't know. Spolster's probably just tense. I mean, it's the finals. Oh, I it, but I also think, like, that's 1,000% what you did. Yeah, like, it's 100%. Now, granted, I can also There's understand. There's so many actions that go into yeah. that. But the biggest picture is that's what yeah. you did. Like, you were doubling a lot. You were playing zone, and he had the ability to just – decipher a defense like quarterback mm-hmm. um but you're not doubling him you're playing a lot more man and you're kind of making him sit there and be like okay i'll take down right like he's not sitting there like nobody's coming so let me see who's pat like he puts his head down and goes right so like that's completely like i feel like he probably got defensive more or less because he's like don't say that i don't want that to be the thing that people are talking about but that's Probably 1,000% what his game plan is. Absolutely. I think that is what it is, too. And I I don't understand why I got defensive, but I saw a reaction to it of, like, that's not what they're doing. No, that's exactly what they're doing. Just because he was in jackass or Ramona Shelburne yeah. doesn't mean that, like, it changes my opinion. It is the finals. He's probably really tense. It I'll give the him the finals. benefit of the doubt yeah, on that. Exactly. We talked about Phoenix a little bit earlier. Nik- Nikola Jokic going for 53 against them. They made a new coaching hire over the weekend. Frank the Tank, Frank Vogel, will be the new leader in Phoenix. And the crazy thing about this is a report came out following uh, the hire saying that this was the Suns' first choice over Nick Nurse. The organization reportedly hired Frank uh, to be the next head coach on a five-year, $31 million deal. Five-year, $31 million. Keep in mind, Monty Williams just yeah, left like 65. And, got, and got $78 million. $78 million compared to thirty one. In Phoenix, which is funny to me. Um, Frank, he's obviously known for his defensive ratings with the units being uh, top top three in the NBA three times, I think is what this says. The Suns were 13th last year, and his first hire to the staff, former Grizzly head coach David Fisdale. Take that for data. Yeah. Monty Williams has to be laughing to his grave right now. Because, one, he's in a lot less pressure of a situation, and, two, he's making double the money Frank Vogel is. I believe – so five years, thirty-one million dollars. It's roughly six mil a year. Yeah. Um. What is what is Monty Williams making? Thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or, yeah. 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 I think it's thirteen a year. Isn't it six years or five years? I don't know, but I think it's. I'm almost positive it's thirteen a year. So thirteen a year to be Detroit's head coach, or six a year to be Phoenix's head coach. I get the defensive rating thing. You want to improve your defense if you're Matt Ishbia. But this team was 13th in defensive rating last year. They weren't terrible. And with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker as your best players, I think 13th is livable when yeah. you're going to score 125 points a night. I don't understand this hire. I I go back to – we'll talk about the Bucks hire a little bit. But Monty Williams, I know he has not won a championship, and Frank Vogel has – but once you let go of a guy like that, it's a lot easier to do worse than it is to do better. And I think the Phoenix Suns, even though Frank has won that championship, did a little bit worse. The fit makes no sense. They didn't lose because of defense. They lost because they only had two players who knew how to play basketball. <laughs> they had no pitch. Like, <laughs> no bench. It's I, I don't even, Monty Williams being fired was honestly up there with Bud and uh, – 
Doc Rivers being fired. Like, Doc Rivers being fired, yeah, I get it. It happens every three years Doc for Rivers, Doc you Rivers. Got, yeah, you got the 3-1 thing. Yeah, you got but the like, one, yeah they were up 3-2. But it really doesn't make sense because, like you just said, you're going to do worse. Mm. I'm sorry. You've been the best play, best team in basketball the past two seasons. You're really – I understand first-round exits are not ideal, but, like, life happens sometimes. Like, you ran into a team that is literally in the NBA Finals 1-1. Mm-hmm. You can't blame Bud for that. Now, right. granted, I understand 10-point leads and everything. Giannis didn't play two or three of those games. Right. You going to blame him for injuries? There are two things that coaches cannot control, turnovers and injuries. You can teach how not to do them, but you cannot control them in the game. No. You can't. Mm-mm. Like So, I think we've seen a lot of random, like, just bad coaching decisions, I feel like. And I'll let you talk about the, the Bucks higher because I don't really have much to say on Frank Vogel. Like, he does have that championship. So, like, you give him credit where it's due, but, like, so does Bud. <laughs> I Another coaching hire, as we keep talking about, is the Bucks. They hired Adrian Griffin, who then hired Terry Stotts as his lead assistant. Yeah. Adrian Griffin was a former Raptors assistant. This would be his first head coaching job. And you f- hire a first-year head coach into a team who really lost respect for Mike Budenhoser. I don't yeah. understand. I understand if he was like a Joe Mazzula, like he was in the organization, had respect from the players already Move there. Move up like a Jock Vaughn. But now you have a random assistant coming over who Giannis has no relationship with, who I'm sure Giannis stamped this, but still, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a veteran-laden team to have a rookie head coach. Yep. That's just my opinion on it. Do you have anything else to say about the Bucks? I really don't. The Terry Stotts one was funny, though, because yeah. I could have I, I could have seen him being a head coach before the guy they hired that to makes be the head sense. coach. Yeah. So, like, not that he would have been my first option. But still. But, like, you're really banging on – I mean, rookie coaches do struggle a little bit. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw Joe Mazzoli, other than the coming back from 3-0, like, he did not look very good in the playoffs. You should right. not have a losing record on your home court in the mm-hmm. playoffs. And you saw the rookie coach in him. Like, I feel like that that's just going to spark more problems than it's going to help. I, the other ones. I absolutely agree. The t- the t- those two coaching hires don't make a lot of sense. 76ers I love. Um, but like I said, if I was Nick Nurse, I would have much rather been a Phoenix Suns head coach than the 76ers head coach. But that's absolutely. for another day. Coop, I want to talk a little bit about now before we get into Jaron's reaction to John Morant. You and I, if you follow me on Instagram, at Jack Hampton, you would see Cooper hitting a one-leg step-back shot. <laughs> And that was because we played a little three-on-three yesterday. Cameras weren't on, but we're going to have the cameras on here real soon. Um, I thought we both played well, and I thought we both are washed as hell with the way we woke up this morning. I woke up and felt like I was in a coma. Like, I just could not move. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the pain from, like, shoveling that garden for four hours. Oh, yeah, I forgot you tilled all weekend. That's like... (laughs) Former boy Coop. (laughs) That's more painful than like my body. Like yeah. the only time my legs truly hurt from yesterday is like right after we get off this pod and you hear my knees shatter when I get up. <laughs> yeah. That's when the most painful yeah. basketball comes in. But my shoulders still like are. Bro, you took a bow to the face, dude. Oh, didn't you? No, it was a chest. Oh, okay. It was a chest. It's bruised, but uh, it hurt too. Like I've taken bows before, but like. I don't know. I just wasn't ready for it. It's not you like, carried that last game too. I was so tired. No. My feet are still swollen. I want y'all to know. I literally kicked the ball in frustration after, like, game one or two because I was bricking everything. I couldn't make a three. I couldn't make a layup. I had dead legs going in, and now I have even Averages worse legs. Averages evened out, though. They did the, even the, out. I, I started three, catching You up. played good. You played good for sure. Didn't we play six or seven? We played six games last Yeah, so yeah. the back four were fine. It was the first two. I think we literally played for, like, three hours. Once I finally started remembering who I was, and that was not a <laughs> catch-and-shoot three-pointer. Bro, I, it makes me think of the quote from KD a few years ago whenever he played, like, 48 minutes in that game seven. And he got asked about it in the offseason. I think he was on JJ's pod. And JJ was like, so how were you feeling playing, like, back-to-back 48-minute games? He goes, there was moments I don't even remember. I was blacking out <laughs> on the court. I was like, wow, this is me after, like, a 45-minute three-on-three yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not in shape. I, I, yeah. I'll hey, we it. get there. My, my uh, diet does not allow me to stay in shape. I'm about to go eat a greasy burger in hey. like t- 25, 30 minutes. One week until we're at the beach. Better get yeah, that the beach dad bod. No, 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 no. Better get that beach dad bod bods ready. are in style, and I support it. Nope. Better get that beach you, bod ready. Wait, was the curiosity? Was the video? Well, did I have my shirt on still? <laughs> yeah. You had okay. Shirt good. On. Thank God for all you people out there. If you had to see that, pasty. for my Snapchat story, you didn't have a shirt on though. 
Okay. But only like only like a hundred people saw that on Snapchat. Okay, good. A few thousand saw it on Instagram. Of you making the thousand? shot. By the way, it may be off now, but you guys should go follow Church my League IG. That's it, huh? <laughs> What'd you say? I was, I was making fun of myself. I saw a couple of our viewers DM me like, "Damn, Coop's like that." I was like, "Yep." So yeah, he is. I can hit. I can take one step in front of the three point line, and I can generally make it. It's the three point <laughs> line that causes problems. Get a and apparently, up. layups. Because <laughs> I, I had like, I was like, big Lou got there. I was missing like three or four of them. Just tough hit the seat. backboard square in the middle, and it yeah. just decided it wanted to rim out. It was a tough rim for that first few games. It was too. It was. Jack was balling though. I appreciate it. Hey, Samuel McMahon, it's a long time, uh, long time listener in the chat. Good to see you. Uh, let's see. I'm seeing some guesses about John Moran's suspension. I think it's a perfect time to get into that. Then we'll get into Sam's question about the uh, Hornets and Steve Clifford, because I, I do want to discuss that. Uh, so, Jaron Jackson Jr. made an appearance on Paul George's podcast today. If you have not had a chance to listen to uh, Podcast P, it's amazing. He's had DeMar DeRozan on, Carl Anthony Towns on, and now the reigning defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson. You and I went into this this weekend once we heard the news that it'd be dropping today. Be like, bro, he's got to address this John Moran situation, yep. right? Like, So, Jaron Jackson, he was an all-star last year. And now he gets asked about his all-star teammate flashing a gun for a second time in three months. Uh, he said he's been in contact with Morant. He emphasized that he's a 23-year-old human. He's got a lot on his shoulders right now. And this was his quote about Ja. He said, he's good. That's my brother. No matter what, I stand by my brother. And I think that's a le lesson everyone should take away from this. Everybody's going to say whatever, but they're everybody. It never matters at the end of the day. This is your family. This is your brother, end quote. We knew he's going to be diplomatic, but for him to stand by that, because at the end of the day, him, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson are cornerstones of this team for them to still be in contact throughout this. I told you right before we went on camera, I, I said I wish Ja hung out with Jaron more. Because yeah. Jaron's never in this. Desmond Bain was at game two of the finals last night. Jaron's flying out to L.A. He's been working out with, um, not Chris Brinkley, but another famous NBA trainer all offseason. Ja, I seem like, bro, never leaves the house. Yeah. And I think leaving the house is go to Mexico, go to somewhere on the yeah. beach, just go work out, just go do something. Because in that house, I feel like he gets so in his thoughts and, and doing dumb stuff. What was your reaction to hearing that quote from Jaron about Ja? And we'll talk about a number of games after that. But, no, I think Jaron was great. Um, that whole pod is incredible. I play, Podcast P, if y'all don't listen to it, Definitely go listen. It's, like, probably the greatest vibe for a podcast I think I've ever seen. Like, I haven't even watched it. I've just listened to some of them. But it just literally feels like dudes sitting around a kitchen table talking. And his two friends are so dope, too. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Um, but he, he was definitely diplomatic. Um, but he he definitely did what I didn't expect him to, and that was blatantly be like, he I still got him. Like, mm -hmm. that's my boy. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily think he would go that far, especially seeing as he is the – vice president for the Players Association now. Right. I felt like he definitely was going to be seriously diplomatic and just kind of be short and sweet with it. Mm -hmm. But, um, no, I, I think I think Jaron did as good as he could. Yeah, I think so too. And just hearing his teammates still backing him up after all this uh, goes a long way. I expected this. But at the same time, you never know because it has been selfish what he's done. The Memphis Grizzlies yeah. would be oh, no, no way in the news – if uh, Ja was not doing things like this, much less I've been irritable all playoffs long because I feel like if Ja didn't get withdrawn from those eight games and we didn't have all the noise around that, if Ja wasn't going to strip clubs on every road trip, what would this team have been like yeah. entering the playoffs, entering the final stretch with all the momentum of playing 82 games together? That's what haunts me, and that's why I was concerned that how is he with his teammates now? Let's move hey, towards – Before we get into the number of games. Do you think Jaron already knows how many games he's suspended? Especially being on that uh, on that Players Association board. Yeah, those of you who don't know, Jaron is the VP of the Players Association. Um, he I, has to already know the I number. I think he knows. He has to already know the number. And I'm going to be honest with you all, that's what's going to go into my number. And I think Jaron has told Ja that number. Fair enough. I think he has. Even though he's probably not allowed to, I think. Still, bro, they're both they're yeah. tight, tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has to give him some sort of warning. Hey, this is what we've been talking about. This is what we're thinking. This is how you need to react to it, type shit. So, yeah. uh, number of games though. Uh, you and I talked all weekend about it. Also, you and I have not spoken since the Adam Silver comments. So we're gonna address that next. But yeah. how are you feeling with number of games for Joe? I'm still at the same one. 
16 to 20. I think I think it's going to be double what it was the last time, which would be 16, but I think it might be a little more than that to avoid the players being frustrated. And by that I mean uh the new rule that just came in about how many games you have to play to be all NBA or be selected for MVP or any of those awards, you have to play 65 games. If you take him out for 16, he has the ability to play 66. Now, I'm going to be honest, everybody in the free world knows Ja wouldn't even play 66 straight if his life depended on it, uh, just because we live in a world where you don't play back-to-backs very often or you live in a world where if you've already secured your spot, you don't play that last two games. Exactly. Like, I don't think even if it was 16 that he would play all the games, but I could see a world where it's 18 to 20 games, take him out that first quarter of the season because they want it to be a definitive you're not allowed to get one of these awards. And I feel like that's a justifiable thing. Like, Absolutely. I, I, I always go back to he didn't harm anybody. He did not break any laws. I understand it's the precedent that we're trying to set, and he just did it three months ago. Like, that's the issue that we're talking about here. It's the re- repeat offenders. <laughs> it's yeah. not the it's, anything it's, that he it's did. Not, it, not only that, it's lying to oh, 1, your 000, employer, to the, too. Well, not even to your employer. You lied to the face of... Literally, the president of the NBA mm-hmm. lied to his face. Uh, he lied not only to them, coaches, teammates, organization, GM, and Zach yeah. Kleiman. That is why it's repeat behavior. And I've had a history of saying this. I think giving him a 50 game suspension, I think suspending him an entire year. Those of you that have played competitive basketball, played in AAU, EYBL, whatever. You know that basketball is sometimes what all these kids have. Yep. And I refer to John Morant as a kid because he's my age. He's 23 years yeah, old. Really I still is. feel like a kid. He's young. I couldn't imagine having the millions of dollars that he has um, and being able to handle all I that couldn't. pressure of representing a city. But I think removing basketball from his life would lose direction. It would lose purpose. And I don't know where Ja will be if he has basketball removed from his life. So I don't think a 50-game suspension is just. I think best-case scenario is where you stand 16 to 20, double it. The more realistic, I think, is 25 to 30. I think they want to triple it and really send a message without giving the lengthy suspension that completely derails his life type thing. Yeah. I mean, what did we literally go play basketball for yesterday? Therapy. Therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, it's literally just one of those things that you can shut off the outside world. You can just hoop with friends. Like, obviously, I understand Jaws a little bit more established than that as <laughs> far as, like, what that is. Because that is your job. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those things that I can imagine what life would be like with millions of dollars. I'll be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. I just know, like, through the mundane of, like, working my job, like, you do think about how you're going to provide, how you're going to do these things. And I just don't. I feel like Ja needs the therapeutic part of basketball more than he needs the monetary value. And he's so in the mode of whenever you get that rich, everybody that comes to you with something nice or kind to say, your first reaction is not thank you, I appreciate that. It's what What do you you want? want? What do you want from me? What angle do you have? What you trying to leech off me? And then you stop hearing the positive things, and as soon as you read all the negative comments, and we know how much Ja is on social media, way too much. Once you start reading all that, you start believing all the negative shit. It's not real life, bro. It's like sitting in front and watching the local news or some news television station for 24 hours. You're just going to sit there and get get pissed off, and instead you walk outside. People are genuinely good most of the time there's so much evil in this world but if you walk outside it, it, people are going to be good to job and rat yeah <laughs> you know? 1000 percent. but on the mental health side of it because i know that jaws definitely struggled with it and he still is um as someone who's introvert mm-hmm. it was one of those things that when i would get like in that kind of mode where i was just like everything was making me mad or sad or whatever type of feeling the worst thing for me to do would be isolate myself by myself exactly and or isolate in a house or anything like that like and i feel like you take away basketball from jaw not only is he gonna never leave his house but he's gonna isolate himself to the point where it's gonna just get worse Mm -hmm. and to that point i think it's best for him to i'd love for you to go out and work out with jaron every day i'd love for you to go out with bane every day and work out with him i mean we see what bane's doing right now obviously he can't work out right now but like in, in the sense of you just need to be out and surrounded by people who actually care about you and i think that's the other side of it is we, he doesn't have people in his life that truly care about him. Aside from, I think his dad truly does care about him, but his dad doesn't have any outlet exactly. to fix that. And you and I have said, like, we live in Memphis. We're from Memphis. 
If we had millions of dollars and the offseason hit. Oh, I would not be in Memphis. We'd be on a beach or we'd be what Jaron's doing out in L.A. working out every day. Yeah, or what Desmond's be, doing. Hey, I want to check out. Finals. I want to check out the finals because I want to be here one day. Yeah. We would not be. I would not be in Memphis. Obviously, Ja can't go to the finals, but he can't go out and private work out with Jaron Jackson in L.A. Like that can happen or he can go somewhere. And I, I just don't understand why he wants to be here. Um, I reacted to Adam Silver's comments about the additional information. How did you take that quote? My opinion was he, when he first spoke at the NBA draft about the incident, he really didn't know too much about it. And now I think he's like, we we found out more information. Yes, the video is real, and this is how our outlook is on it. I haven't heard some massive break in one of his previous cases. If there was a break in that 17-year-old case, TMZ would leak it. Yeah. I think if there was additional, massive additional information, it would already be leaked and in the public's eye right now. I think that was more of, we know more now than we did when I spoke at the NBA draft. I think that, but I'm going to be honest, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I, I can find it later, but I'm pretty sure I just sent you the smoke emoji and then a TV screen emoji because I just took that as smoke screen. Yeah. I took that as... Yes, he knows more, and he's just gonna make it sound egregious to get people talking. I, I, I he obviously found out more information because it's been month or it's been a week since it happened, so or right. more weeks since it happened. So obviously he has more information, but I don't think it like I don't think there's enough to learn to change how drastic or it was or whatnot. Because I yeah, I literally sent you smoke and TV screen, yeah, <laughs> smoke yeah. screen. I, that's all I thought it was. Yeah. I got you. I got you. You got any other uh, thoughts on Ja? No, I think that's pretty much it. I'm ready to watch 12 ski again. I am ready to watch 12 ski again. Um, We have two new segments to end the pod. Now, obviously, uh, the very, very end, we're going to be taking questions from you guys in the comment section. um, And we'll answer Sam's question here in a little bit. Y'all make sure to leave a like on stream. My new segment is called Jack in the Box. I'd name five true or false statements. And Cooper says true or false. And then we debate it if we disagree. And then we'll say why we do agree. So true or false, Cooper, the first statement. The Miami Heat have taken – by the way, chat, I want you to be involved in this. Yeah. Drop true or false in the chat. We'll, we'll be looking at that. True or false, the Miami Heat have taken control of the NBA Finals. I'll say true. Um, and the reason I'll say true is because I do believe that they did change up their game plan. And it was, look, we can't allow him to beat us in scoring, rebounding, and assisting. So let's just allow him to score. And I know Spolstra said what he said, but I do believe they've taken control in that aspect. And you still got to remember, Hero has not played a minute. Jimmy Butler has averaging 17 points a game, which 17 points a game is less than what Jaron was averaging on the entire regular season. Like, that's low. So there's a lot of positive outlooks on this thing, and they're still going back 1-1. I see what you're saying there. I think there's arguments to be made on both sides. Play devil's advocate. I feel like... They haven't taken control of the series, but they found something something in this series. Uh, you know, they went two or three and four. I think obviously they're in the driver's seat taking control of it. They found how to defend Nikola Jokic. I know Michael Malone will be ready to go for game three. Uh, the pressure is never on the team that wins game one. It shifts after every game to whoever the loser is. Denver's going to have their backs against a wall in game three. I think they'll respond. It'll be another close game. And I wouldn't be surprised if Denver was able to take game three. I don't think they've taken control of the series just yet. Fair enough. Second statement, true or false, John Morant will be out of the league in five years. False. Completely agree. I don't even, I don't even, I'm not even, I'm I don't just, even know what to back that up with. But. I, I've just seen so many wild-ass statements of, like, he his career's over, blah, blah, blah. Stephen A. Smith said the most wild, outlandish thing this weekend of, People in the NBA think he's going to be dead within the next few years. I'm like, how could you say that about somebody? Like, genuinely, how can you consciously say that about somebody? That is horrible. Someone who came up through the ranks following AI. Yeah, exactly. AI was doing way worse crap. (laughs) Stephen A has never said that about Allen Iverson. And, (laughs) like, I just don't understand why you would say that. Even if, like, it's one of those things that. Jaws is too good of a basketball player to be out of the league in five years. Now, if you ask me about Zaire Williams, it'd be true. Mm-hmm. But, like, Jaws is too good of a basketball player to be out of the league in five years. Yeah, he might get suspended right now, and it might not change much overnight, but, like, he's too good. You can make a comparison to the self 
detriment of what Antonio Brown did to himself. But Antonio Brown had already won a Super Bowl. He or multiple Super Bowls at the end of the day, and he was at the end of his career. John Morant being so young, so many more things to accomplish. I don't think him and A.B. really can compare to each other. Fair. Third true or false statement. Kyrie and, Lebr- Kyrie and LeBron will play together next season either in L.A. or Dallas. Either one, but they will play together. False. You and I are agreeing a ton because, especially with this new L.A. report that they're not even interested in Kyrie Irving, Dallas is unrealistic, so no, I don't think they play together next season. I see a world where Austin Reeves plays with LeBron next year before I see Kyrie. Like, I feel like they'd keep Austin Reeves and pay whatever they need to pay and make the money work. <laughs> right. To keep Austin Reeves as opposed to going to get Kyrie. I just don't see them getting Kyrie. Let's go to chat. Let's go to some answers. Cannon, Queso, Pencil, Mia, Christopher. Appreciate all your answers. 2K Gamer and Queso said true on that one. Interesting. That is interesting. interesting. But I think before today, I could have said I would have said true to that statement. But just everything that happened on Monday, I don't think they play together. Fourth, true or false, the Golden State Warriors have one more championship left. False. Um, you already lost your GM. You're not going to be able to keep both Clay and Draymond. I think you can. I think Jordan Poole you have to move off of. Who wants him? Exactly. I I just I think you've run your course. Um, I'm going to be honest. I felt like Steve Kerr was getting – out coached a lot this playoff run, which obviously he only was in two series, but I felt like Mike Brown was having an incredible run, um, and they were obviously just the non-veteran team on that in that moment, and they still have holes to fix. But like, I just do not see a world where one of the three not being there and they can still win. Like, if you lose Draymond, you lose basically your whole offensive game plan because you run it through him. Like, yes, Steph is the focal point, but like. It's because Draymond's out there. Like they tried the James Wiseman thing, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it it that will be such an uphill climb in my book just to see like how different of an offense it would be without one of those two guys. I can see a world where they do like if if they went back and won it next year. Neither one of us would be. No, surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. But, but I, I just don't see it. I, I'm gonna say false. I think the odds are stacked against them. Like you said, Bob Myers is now leaving. That's not the only reason. Seth Curry is gonna be in his prime for another two or three years. He's gonna be magnificent. But Clay Thompson, inching towards the end of his career, same with Draymond Green. I think they're able to keep both. But if you keep Jordan Poole on that extension that kicks in next offseason, Draymond said him and JP have not gotten over that. And as a team, if Draymond yeah. can't lead in the way he can, I don't think they can win a championship. And moving Jordan Poole has to be a necessity right now, especially with that ridiculous-ass contract with the way he played in this year's playoffs. Steve Kerr being out coach, I don't necessarily agree with, but I just think as the new CBA comes in and they're they're not going to have their mid-level exception. They're being robbed of all these luxury tech things they've been able to do over the past yeah. several years. Money's not going to be as frugal and these players are not as young and spry as they once were. I think as I said, the dynasty's over. Yeah. And I mean, to the Steve Kerr thing, I know you disagree with that, but I was just more or less like you saw adjustments made by Mike Brown like I'll mention my boy Terrence Davis. He Terrence Davis didn't play, like, in the first four or five games. And then in game seven, he practically kept them in the game. And then you go to the next round, he never got rid of Jordan Poole. Right. Jordan Poole was a liability offensively and defensively in that series against the Lakers. And you saw Darvin Ham stop playing players. By the way, players. Alex said he's on the way, like, 20, yeah. 20 minutes ago. He'll be here soon. Does he have your code and stuff? Yeah. Sorry, y'all. We, we got a friend coming over. But, yeah, I was just making sure you <laughs> but yeah, that. I was just nah, making sure you texted it. you. All right, I good. saw it. All right, good. Final one, then we'll get into your segment. True or false, Monty Williams. By the way, if we need to let him in, on I'll the get, pod, I'll get we up. can do it. Yeah, yeah I'll get we'll, up. We'll, <laughs> I can keep it going. I don't give a shit. Uh, final true or fa- false chat. Let me know how you feel. Monty Williams is in a better situation in Detroit than in Phoenix. I like the Detroit job. I like it a lot. I like Kate Cunningham. I love Jay Nivey. You got to see Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman, two guys that were kind of written off as busts already due to injuries and just lack of fit. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich, I know people didn't hear about him because he was yeah. hidden in Detroit. One of the best seasons in his career. Absolutely. Um, like, that team has the ability to be really good. And I want to clarify this statement. Monty Williams is in a better situation in Detroit than in Phoenix. Not a better team, obviously. No, 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 not better, a better, situation. Team. better situation. There's no pressure. 
and you're making double what Phoenix's head coach just got paid. Yeah. You're making double, you're in a less pressurized situation, and you don't have to figure out how to completely retool a roster around Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I agree. I think that is true. He's in a better situation in Detroit. Let's get into Coop's Corner. Three questions. New segment, Coop's Corner and Jack in the Box. Three questions. I'm going to go to chat and see who answered in there and give some shout-outs real quick while you find your questions. All right. So, first question. This is going to deal with a current team, and I'll give the preface to the, before the question. So, we saw a report today come out that the Chicago Bulls are hell-bitten determined to work on an extension with Nikola Vucevic. It makes no you sense. You and I both think it's dumb. I understand that. Name the player or players – that the Chicago Bulls have on their current roster that they need to build around to become a championship contender? Because they're not right now. I think we can both agree that they're not a championship contender. Who are the players that you need to keep and who are the players that you need to trash? I love DeMar DeRozan. You have to – that has to be the first thing you move off of. And not only because DeMar hasn't done anything wrong, I just think – from an individual perspective, DeMar deserves to be on a contender this late into his career. And Chicago, their ceiling, we saw it. And that was with Lonzo Ball. They can be a one or two seed. But without Lonzo Ball, who's probably never going to play basketball again, their ceiling is what they were this year, a play-in team. You move off DeMar DeRozan. I think you move off Zach Levine. I'm like a complete rebuild. I don't think they have one player on this roster who can say, 100% I build around. If you ask Bulls fans, they're not fans of Kobe White. They're not fans of Patrick Williams. And they want to move off Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. I'm just echoing what people in Chicago are saying right now. Gut the roster. There's not one player on the team you build around. I don't even have to respond. I literally was, I, I, I figured you were going to pick Levine. Yeah. <laughs> I literally picked this question because I was going to say gut the roster. Well, like, there's tw- not a player. Hey, and true this question. Man, for those of y'all that don't know, Jack absolutely loves Zach Levine because of how – broken he is in 2K. 2K. Like, Zach Levine's better than Michael Jordan in 2K. Hey, we're talking about IRL. Yeah, in real life, though, I literally couldn't agree more. I think this roster has run its course. Billy Donovan is a good coach, but he's not going to be able to milk out enough of this roster to become a championship team. And Nikola Vucevic is the last human on the world that I'd keep on that roster. Hell no! To the no, no! We're going to stick with current team, but we're going to bring in a little bit more Bring in a little pass from it. A little Talk blast from the past. Take the current Memphis Grizzlies. This is something you know very well. You know that roster up and down. Mm-hmm. They're already a championship contender. Can we agree on that? Absolutely. Now, add one of the core four. So Mike Conley, Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, or Marcus Saul. And if you don't want to add one of those guys, you want to add someone completely off the beaten path, by, by all means, add them. But add one of those players from a previous Grizzly team that doesn't just make them a favorite to win the title – but they are the next NBA champions just because of this one player. Obviously, I understand that's a kind of outlandish statement, but I got two answers. To one, one to make them like a championship favorite, Mark Casal in his prime. This is a defensive player of the year, a multi-time All-Star. If you put him next to Jaron, who's already won that award as well. There would be nothing in the paint. And a pick and roll with Mark and Ja, I would absolutely die for. That's the player that could make them an instant championship contender. My second answer, and I don't think this makes us an instant contender, but if Tony Allen was in his youth right now and could take command of this locker room, all this shit with John Morant would not be happening. And, and same with all the, the barking when you haven't done anything. The whole Dylan Brooks situation would not have happened with Tony in the locker room, and I promise you that. I love both of those answers, and I figured you'd say at least one of the two. I was going Marcus Gasol more or less because of the spacing that it gives, like – I love Steven Adams. You love Steven Adams. I'm not saying take Steven Adams off the team. I'm saying add Marcus Gasol to the team mm-hmm. um, because he gives you spacing on the floor. I, I think you'd be take Eze off of Mark. Oh, yeah. Still a championship 1,000%. contender. Um, yeah. But you put, you put him in the court. He's not clogging the paint. He sets great screens. Pick and pop, the pick and roll, whatever you want, he does. The spacing on the court for Ja, Desmond, off the dribble, even Jaron off dribble would be incredible. Um, and defensively, he can also anchor a defense. So it literally would be like having Giannis and Brooke Lopez with Jaron and Gasol because Mark could stand there and exactly. just guard people and Jaron could roam. I think it'd be a beautiful addition. Shout out Mia. She said Mark Gasol as well. And back to the Levine point, Christopher Allen said Levine to the Knicks. That'd be interesting. Kobe, the GOAT, said Levine go to Utah. I'd love that. Knicks and Lowry marketing, Colin Sexton. Like that. That'd be interesting. You know I'd like that. Get to your third question. These first two have been fire. All right. This third one is bringing ties from last night. Jack and I went back to our, our roots. 
<laughs> played a little basketball last night. Um, I won't say we played well, but we played. We, play, yeah, <laughs> we, we played. did. We did play. Jack, I know you and I talk all the time about guys that we used to watch their mixtapes just to pull things from, whether it be a little like like I, that fadeaway I was working on yesterday that you videoed. That's literally me trying to work on the DeMar DeRozan or like Jimmy Butler or like Chris Paul, like little mid-range step back that they have. Um, if you – this could be current or past NBA player. If they're Name the one NBA player that – if you were mentored by them and they taught you everything that they knew, what would that player be to get you to be an NBA player? This is obviously outlandish because we're both five eight and five. <laughs> like, right. but like, who is the guy that would take the current skills that you have, put their skills on top of it to make you an NBA player? I I think like if I was like six six, I'd want it to be Michael Jordan. But just yeah. like since I'm short as shit, uh, the most recent Isaiah Thomas. Like the like short lefty, I think him being able to get into the league at the height he was, he's been the shortest player in the league for a long time. Even though he's kind of fizzled out of the league, he did have an all-star season up in Boston, took that city by storm for a year. Isaiah Thomas, I would love, same with Mike Conley, love to pick his brain. Um, Chris Paul is one of the, you know, it's yeah, a point guard. Yeah, one of the best of all time to do it. But, yeah, I think my top two would be Mike Conley and um, – Isaiah Thomas. Dude, Isaiah Thomas had that that one year, yeah, that off. Celtics year where I mean, he was insane. The guy I kind of lean towards, and this is kind of odd based on the size, but, like, it would honestly be Tyus Jones. And the reason I say Tyus is because, like, my game is not really, like, <laughs> built around three-point shooting. Um, so if I could learn that, like, mini floater mm-hmm. off of the pop, which I have a floater, it's just not like that. And then, but it's the playmaking. It's the yeah. assist to turnover. Like I turn the ball over more than any soul in the humanity. Like I make Dylan Brooks look efficient. Um, and <laughs> Get like that I assist just, to turnover. Yeah, ratio, I feel yeah. like if, if I learn the passing and the dribble, because dribbling's always been one of my bigger issues too. Because I can drive, but I lose the ball more often than not, which ties into the turnover. So I feel like getting a guy that was really good on the assist to turnover ratio, and then going back to a non-current player it would be Steve Nash 1000% mm-hmm. it would be Steve Nash cuz Steve Nash was just filthy in all different Steve Nash was different for sure absolutely um all right that, that was a wrap I like Coop's corner I like Jack in the box that's new uh y'all make sure to drop some topics in here uh for us as we wrap this podcast and get it done by the way we still got to record uh TikToks yeah, yeah. after this uh but Allen Iverson I saw Steven said uh jo- a lot of Jordan and Kobe in here which completely makes sense uh Mia Russo said DeMar should go to the Sixers. Interesting. That'd be it. DeMar and Joel would be kind of fun. That'd be dope. Let's go all the way back to Samuel's comment about why the Hornets still have Steve Clifford. It's a great question. (laughs) Steve Clifford's like a Tom Thibodeau type. He, like, I forget Steve Clifford's on the team. (laughs) He tends to, like, go towards veterans. They literally had to trade Mason Plumlee so they would give Mark Williams a chance, and you saw what Mark Williams Williams did with that chance. He was amazing uh, down the stretch of the NBA season. Steve Clifford should not be the Hornets head coach. Don't keep in mind, James Borrego should have got fired. Like That's absolutely warranted. But why not go – like whoever the Bucs hired, Adrian Griff, like a first-time head coach. Yeah, why not go that Yeah, do that with that. You've seen what the Grizzlies have done and with their first-time head coach – I think it makes more sense for first-time head coaches to be with young, youthful groups instead of that's old like, geezers. Hornets don't need Tom Thibodeau. You no. know the Knicks do, but the Hornets don't. And same yeah, with it Steve works for the Knicks. Yeah, but you don't need old geezers trying to coach Lamelo Ball. Hell no. Queso <laughs> said, "Do you think Bam is the best player in the finals behind Jokic?" No. Argument can be made with how he played. Uh, I understand, one. but dude, Jamal Jimmy, Murray was also just as good in game one. I think Jamal Murray's in second best. I'd probably go Jamal, then Jimmy, then Bam. Like I understand. I'm not going Jimmy. I, Bam's I been better than Jimmy in the series. I understand. Jimmy was better in the game two. Bam's been better than Jimmy in the series. Jimmy's the best player on the Miami Heat. Obviously, I'm and just talking about in these two games. In a nutshell, Bam has been better. And then it's Caleb Martin. And then it's Duncan Caleb Robinson. Martin, and then Martin's it's been Gabe, ass Gabe for two games. Hey, he's been hey, ass in this series. Don't disrespect my boy. I don't care that he was sick. He's been terrible this series. He has been. True. I mean, Michael Jordan. But it doesn't matter when you have Gabe before. Vincent and Duncan Robinson stepping up. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Shout I'm out glad Quay. Bam's finally playing like that, though. By the way, you and I have begged for that for a long time. Can we give a shout-out to Queso, who's in here literally every yeah, day? Yeah, shout-out Queso. I appreciate all y'all. Y'all put as much effort into this as... <laughs> 
We need we need <laughs> yeah. it. Shout we out, need y'all. Shout out to Quay. So let's go to Cannon. Do you think the Warriors can make a big move this offseason? I think if there's a big move to be made in Golden State. It'd be a trade with Poole. It'd be a trade with Poole. What can you get from that? I don't know what you'd want. I, I, I saw Josh Hart today. As a Grizzlies fan, this is what I want. I saw Josh Hart today chat and he got interviewed I believe it's like on the Bleacher Report or some type of app and Josh Hart said he's not interested in opting into his contract which was news to me bro because I didn't know Josh Hart wanted out of New York but he's going to test free agency and I think he should as far as monetary reasons I think that Josh Hart would be a great fit in Golden State so if you could somehow swing that signing him and then trading JP3 for something I think that's a move to be made for Golden State Sports Pride said does Trey Young belong on the Hawks you're the Trey Young expert on this pod yeah you're right I am the Trey Young expert it's your uh, favorite player I gotta get you no, a Trey Young does not belong on the Hawks where does he belong nowhere <laughs> this dude Taiwan is such with, a hater dude. Taiwan with uh, Dwight <laughs> he's Howard such a hater I, I get a serious answer, bro. Damn. I honestly like the fit on the Lakers. I won't even lie. I, I like that fit. I that gives them the. They ain't got no three point shooting like him. Like as much as he's inefficient, like yeah, he yeah. can still hit them. Mm-hmm. So like I'd rather that than anybody else. And the pick and roll with Davis would be nice. That'd be nice because he. As much as I dislike Trey Young, that game that I watched in Atlanta when we went to the Memphis Hawks game, his passing like. There's accurate passing, and then there's what he does. I've never seen someone on back-to-back lobs be able to get literally an inch over somebody's fingertips and literally in the breadbasket. I think I've another. I think another fit for Trey would be Miami. I, I like they, Miami. they don't have the money for it, but putting him in that culture, I think, would go. Oh, it'd a, be incredible for a him. long way. Sports pride. He also said, or Damian Lillard. Uh, I think Boston, 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 Boston. Him next to Jason I like, Tatum's amazing. I like Damian Miami more than I like Boston. So. I just love. I just. I, oh, I like love. the Celtics dude, more, dude. Those are dogs next to each other because Dame is different when it comes to stuff like that. And then Jimmy. I just think it's so realistic for the Celtics. You don't pay Jalen Brown that money, give it to Dame, bro. They're gonna have to pay Jalen Brown that money. Dude, with his extension, bro, I'm pretty sure Dame's gonna be making north of fifty mil per year. Yeah, Miami can't afford that shit. I don't, I get that, but if if you're Boston, Boston's gonna have to sign and trade to get him. That's valid. What are you trading to get him if you don't sign Jalen Brown? That's valid. Uh, Biz Shorty said, YouTube media over traditional media. I saw Kenny tweet something about this the other day, just like as a topic, and it was it was something ridiculous KP had said, Kendra Perkins had said on ESPN, and he was like, don't worry, I'm coming to TV eventually. And I think his positive attitude has completely transformed media. It's not, let's insult people over and over again to get clicks. It's more of... I'm going to say, and Kenny has talked about this on a podcast, before I insult or say something negative about anybody, I'm going to say two positive things. Like, for example, if I'm about to criticize Jimmy Butler, Jimmy's a fantastic player, he plays hard, he gives his best every game, but he hasn't been good in these past two games. He's only combined for 34 points. Like, phrasing it like that and saying, is Jimmy Butler, like, done? Is he, like, is it over for him? No. It's just, he has not been good. Exactly, bro. And I think YouTube media Especially the younger generation, you've seen this with younger people. They consume that. They don't consume TV. Yeah. I mean, I don't consume TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just see the things that are clickbaited. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. It's crazy. Uh, let's see here. We got anything else? Steven said, which one do you think is getting traded this offseason, Clay, Draymond, or Poole? I'm going Poole. Do you feel differently? Well, seeing as they're not going to sign Clay and Draymond just to trade them, I'd have to lean pool, but I can see Draymond leaving. I can see Draymond leaving, too. I, I Especially if you can't get a pool trade. Mm. If you can't get a pool trade, Draymond's gone. I saw Draymond leaving until, like, I believe it was a pot as soon as he they got eliminated. He said he wants to stay. I, I think individually, if somebody was to leave, it probably would be him, though. Fun world. If you keep Trey on the Hawks, Draymond would be perfect with Trey Young. Yes. That's a culture guy. That's also what is he gonna do? He's going to set Trey Young up. Yes. And then Trey can when Draymond's in on the bench, Trey can still keep the offense going. It's just his movement off ball is not staff though. Oh, I that's know. What I know. Me. I that's know. That's what worries me. He Amy teaching though. That's valid. That's valid. Amy said, "Should the Lakers trade Anthony Davis for Kyrie?" Hell no. To, to the, the no, no, no. Yeah, I believe no. Uh, Anthony Davis, I know that you can look at him wrong and he fractures his ankle, but he's – I can't feel my arm. But AD, like they have won a title together. 
He's great when he plays. Honestly, he's pretty damn good in these playoffs. Yeah, they went on an insane run this year. Kyrie was at the crib because as soon as he got to a team that was sixth, locked in to a playoff spot, they fell to 11th. And I don't know. No. I think I'd much rather have AD on my team. AD was best player for the Lakers, Absolutely. aside from Austin Reeves. Absolutely. Cannon said Giannis MVP next year. This I can 100% see. Revenge he was in the season. top three, yeah. yeah. In the top three, and he's got a chip on his shoulder getting eliminated in five games in the first round. Doesn't get much worse than that. Uh, Kid Perfect, do you think the Mavericks are going to make a big signing this offseason? Yes, not Kyrie Irving. I agree. They have to. They, ha- they got yeah, to do something. Because Luka going to be demanding a trade if they don't. Facts. Absolute facts. Uh, just a few more questions. Mia said, who do, who do you guys think is going to be next year's MVPs? Outside of Giannis, I think that's a clear-cut answer. Um, just, like, for personal opinion, I want to move out of this big man. Like, I love – they've kicked – they've been the best players in the world. I, I, I want to see a guard, bro. I'm there. Uh, I could see a Steph Curry one. I could legit see a Steph Curry MVP. I think so. I mean, Steph, uh, if he's not injured, he's going to average 30 a night. So, like, that. I could see Steph – if Dame gets out of Portland, I can see a Dame. Because, I mean, he come, came off the most efficient season of his career. A little Donovan Mitchell action? No. You don't think so? I see Jalen Brunson before Donovan Mitchell. Jalen Brunson for MVP is crazy. I mean, I did pick the Knicks to win the NBA Finals next year. Hey, come say, come say hi to the stream, man. It's your Kansas City ass. He not even get camera shot. He's over there. I know. He, playing he really came in. Come sit down. Come sit down. I'll make sure to leave a like on stream, by the way. Say hey into the mic. Well, hey. <laughs> this is uh, one of our best friends, Alex Green. We are going to wrap as we go over one hour. Love y'all so much. We'll be right back here. Hey, we do a normal time? We do a normal yeah. time tomorrow? We're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins tomorrow, too. Yeah. Um, Making this big. Come to the Chiefs. He's coming here. He's not going to the Chiefs. He's coming. He can't talk. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> love it love it we'll be right back here tomorrow monday through thursday 5 30.